listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Hi, thanks for tuning in. This is not a real episode, so go ahead and skip next or go to Radio Lab. Did you say thanks for tuning in as if we're like an old-timey radio station? Yeah, podcasts have dials, right? Yeah, that's how I, all iPods are essentially just dials. Anyway, let's just cut to that commercial. It's all car horns, because that's okay. <laughs> You do think there should be a little bit more of quality control on uh, radio commercials, but I guess not. Hog, hog, watch out! Savings incoming! Uh, <laughs> uh, good times. People, you probably don't know what we're talking about because it's 2016 and no one actually listens to the radio anymore. <laughs> the radio is like the static on the TV. It's something that like kicks on and people like forget it's there. And they're like, Ew, Yeah, it's why just a white noise. Yeah. Until all of a sudden there's a commercial and you realize how terrible it is. Well, uh, we're back after whatever movie we watched last Teenage Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I forgot which one it, was. buddy. <laughs> I forgot. I went to say it, and I was like, uh-oh, I forget. Which is weird, because it was a great episode. Yeah, we're hot off uh, TMNT with... Uh, well, no, I'm sorry. I gotta say the whole thing, because TMNT is technically the new one? Is that how it works? I don't... It feels, I have no idea. It feels like they titled the, the Michael Bay ones TMNT, and the original ones were Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, because they didn't acronym that one in any of the posters. Anyhow, we're hot off Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1990s movie, uh, with my buddy Kevin Herrera. It's a great episode, so if you're tuning into this one and you didn't listen to it, you're making a huge mistake. It is you should definitely go back and listen to it. It is full of amazing trivia about the comic that you probably know very little about, as well as a bunch of background information about the movie, as well as the traditional hilarious jokes and uh, unrepentant cynicism and, well the core theme of the podcast which is you know two to three white dudes talking all about a movie hey hey <laughs> he's latino good point diverse Space. it's you know, technically white but give us something here uh yeah it's a great episode i told ben that i usually rate how good an episode is is by if i can make him laugh because he always makes me laugh so i know the episodes are good on his end <laughs> so if i can make sure i've got ben laughing i usually think it's a good episode i'm pretty and, sure uh, every, everyone out there knows that uh i laugh plenty in every episode because uh for god's sake my laugh is annoying no not at all i have a very annoying <laughs> this this one probably contains some of my most genuine laughter like i laugh but i try not to do my actual laugh which is very loud and like jovial and is annoying i imagine when it's directly in your earbud so, so i try to, there's a couple of times i lost it though in the teenage mutant ninja turtles episode where i really like laughed aloud as if we weren't recording a podcast <laughs> it's a good episode anyway, so I, I highly recommend it have but, you already have you already heard that episode it's time to move on and talk about it, what's coming up next. And we decided this is, of course, the Christmas season. You know, Christmas is just a couple of weeks away if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, otherwise, you know, Diwali already happened. Uh, Hanukkah starts the same day. I don't know when Kwanzaa is this year, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's the holiday season. So we thought, what movie really is the comic book holiday film? And we have no fucking idea, so we decided to go 30 Days of Night instead, a movie about vampires, which to me really says Christmas. Yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of agree that it feels like a good Christmas movie because it simulates the experience of going home for Christmas. You're trapped in an isolated, cold, and unforgiving landscape, and everyone around you is trying to suck the life out of your body. 
I think Ben might be right. This may have worked out better than I thought. <laughs> the, uh, uh, 30 Days of Night is a Josh Hartnett film about vampires who show up in a town in Alaska that has 30 straight days of night, so they can't. They don't have to worry about daylight. It's based on the comic with the exact same name. Uh, a brilliant premise, I think. It's, it's a very clever idea. Also and based I think, off of the very real thing of uh, polar yes. night, of like polar nights, which is a real thing. Yes, yes, where cities or towns go through like months at a time sometimes of basically like two hours a day of daylight and then the rest just constant darkness. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that both the movie and the comic do not deliver on what is a very clever premise. Uh, the art's pretty cool in the comic. We were talking about it before. Ben Temple Smith uh, has a very unique and weird art style that works very well for the horror genre. And uh, I think it fits. I just I was underwhelmed by both of these, but I have not seen this movie since it came out. I saw it in theaters for some reason. I guess it was during my Josh Hartnett phase. I mean, you know, when I also saw Lucky Number Eleven. Your Josh Hartnett phase. Everybody goes through a heart in phase, bro. Maybe you haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Ask oh, Sarah. She's had a heart in phase. No, I understand. We'll get Sarah on for a new podcast, I Heart Heart Night. But, um, oh, you're so good at those. What I'm trying to get at is that is that, that, I mean, that one was right in front of me. Come on. Uh, the, the 30 Days of Night uh, comic book, actually, I mean, we're a little, I, I, I would say you're a little harsh on it. I would back it up, as I normally do being the sunny side of this podcast duo, but um, I've actually never read it, so I can't. However, I am aware that it was nominated for a couple of Eisners. I didn't win, but I think I think in its day when it came out in like the early 2000s, people liked it. It was it was definitely a hot indie comic. Yeah, I mean, they made like three sequels to it. Yeah, it was a small miniseries. It, it did well, so I'm not surprised that it got picked up. Do you know Matt Fraction actually worked on it? Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. That's surprising. Yeah. I, I think that the issue I have is the, the climax in – but I don't really remember what the – I think the climax is different in the movie, and I think I found it less annoying in the movie possibly. Hmm. But the climax in the comic I never – I was not like a fan of because it's like real ridiculous. And I'm not going to go into it right now. That's what right. the episode next week's for. But the movie uh, – the movie uh, – I have seen the movie. I've not read the comic, but the movie does um... – yeah, it, it ends up becoming kind of a, a run-of-the-mill vampire film. Not to spoil this before we even goddamn do the episode on it. Uh, uh, but I do recall a couple of things I did like about it. Obviously, the premise is pretty genius. And, like, the vibe, and Josh Hartnett. Uh, Josh Hartnett is, I mean, need I even say anymore. Um, but the vibe of it gives it the kind of Western feel of, like, when, like, the, you know, the people of a small town, you know, in the West... And, like, the gang comes rolling into town and they have to, like, prepare. You know, you know that kind of vibe of being under siege yeah. in a small, isolated area. It also felt like it had a little bit of Salem's Lot in it. You ever read Salem's Lot, Stephen King book, about town full of uh, vampires? Anyway. Uh, thanks for spoiling it for me. Oh, Either way, I do, like, have some fond recollections of this film. I don't know if they're real or just uh phantom memories of a better movie <laughs> but i have a feeling like midway through you're gonna be like oh i was thinking of bram stoker's dracula <laughs> yeah i definitely confuse those two i do that all the time sat down for dracula 2000 thought it was this one though uh i did daybreakers know... thought it was dracula <laughs> bram stoker's dracula <laughs> uh this movie also uh was um uh 
uh, produced by Sam Raimi. I think she, he was originally supposed to direct it, but he ended up just sort of taking a backseat producer role. Anyhow, it also, uh, budget-wise, uh, did what we would call just fine. <laughs> it, it, uh, it had a budget of 32 mil and made about 40 huh. mil in return. So Oh, worldwide? Uh, no, no, domestic. Oh, that's not bad. It probably made at least 20 million more worldwide, I it, bet. It did just fine for the people responsible for creating to go, hmm, all right. <laughs> we'll never make another one of these, but... Uh, with that being said, I, I think we've... I think at this point we've just genuinely thrilled everyone into watching it. Oh yeah, guys, you're gonna—it's not uh, watch it. It's an innocuous film. You're not gonna be pissed. This isn't like a virus situation where like <laughs> half the audience might be like really mad we made them watch it. I think I don't think you're gonna be like super upset if you're flying home to see your family. Watch it on the airplane. It'll be worth it. Uh, well, shoot, I was gonna say something after that sentence, but I've forgotten what it was. <laughs> That is the words of a professional podcaster. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I have to actually make money on this to become a professional, so at this point, I'm in the hole too much for me to ever be a professional. Uh, did you happen to catch, since we're I think we're done talking about the vampire movie, right? Correct. Okay, did you see the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer? I did, I'm glad you brought this up. Uh, I had a weird reaction to that trailer. I do not recall leaving it full of hype. I didn't necessarily watch it and go, ooh, that looks bad, like I did when I saw the Batman v Superman trailer. But yeah. I watched it, and I was like, all right. And then I think what bugged me was the extreme presence of Iron Man in that trailer. Yeah, which I get why they're doing. They're trying to sell it. But it feels like it's, I mean, too, let's face it, there's no way they paid for more than a week of Robert Downey Jr. being on set. So it is probably literally the scene in the trailer yeah. is probably it maybe one other scene uh, the thing that i was like confused by at first was i was like oh michael keaton's in this and then he's like flying around and i was like is is michael keaton birdman in this movie <laughs> like i was like wait a minute did he have another psychotic breakdown and now he's playing birdman in a separate film but then i realized he's the vulture yeah which i which... thought was an interesting choice of a villain. i think it's a fantastic choice that was i somehow missed that casting announcement so that was a uh yeah, I had no idea when they showed him. I was like, oh, I I thought at first I was like, is he like Uncle Ben in a flashback? Because when they first show him, you can't really tell what's going on. Right. And I was like, he's age-appropriate to maybe have been married to Marissa Tomei if he had, you know, <laughs> a little I, bit of age difference. crazy pumped about that idea because I uh, I was uh, – I mean, I am a huge fan of him. And he's, his recent work has been, like, really – really intense and and often comedic when he's doing comedy like stuff he's doing incredibly good comedic work uh i really am excited to see him in this movie like adding adding his 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 intensity to that role and i still like the spider-man casting like i don't have a problem with uh the guy whose name i don't know because i'm not required to know it yet until he's done at least two movies um i still like him as as spider-man and i still like the idea that they're doing a younger spider-man yes which I don't know how long that's going to last, though. Right. I mean, that kid's already, like, 18 years old. He's pretty close to, I'm assuming, uh, you know, but maturing I, out of being a teenager. I felt that just off the college, Spider-Man was a little too late of a time period to start with, like the other movies seem to do. Uh, although uh, yeah, well, Andrew Garfield issue, ones were a little more younger as well. Yeah, I think the issue with the Tobey Maguire ones were not so much that it was like, oh, he's old enough to be in college – it was like, oh, he's like they never really explained what was going on, so it almost just seemed like he was an like an adult, 
who just happened to atta- occasionally attend classes. Like, yeah. he was, like, that 30-year-old who used to be in, like, some of your classes when you were in college, and they're like, I'm just oddity. I didn't go to school because I had kids, you know, or something. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, that that's cool. I I think that's what always made that feel weird because it never really felt like a college film because, like, he didn't live on the on campus or anything. So I always thought that he just seemed older than he was in those movies. So I don't know. This looks interesting. Uh, the scene where he's, like, holding the boat together with the webbing, I thought was, like, way too reminiscent of the train-stopping scene I don't in Spider-Man 2. It feels like it's just an iconic Spider-Man thing at this point. Uh, there's definitely, like, scenes in the comic with him doing similar things. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It, it, it did have that vibe. Um, something that caught my attention is Donald Glover, a.k.a. Childish Gambino, is briefly really glimpsed in the trailer. Yeah, there's a scene where someone's, like, firing a super weapon of some kind. I didn't quite catch it. It was a very quick flash. And Donald Glover is just standing next to him. <laughs> huh, interesting. Do you think he's being cast as the as possible a, Miles as, Morales? As Miles Morales? I, I don't know, because there was that campaign to make him Spider-Man at some point that was um, not successful. Uh, he's definitely not, like, the villain, both in because he's not been announced to be and because even the trailer, glimpse in the trailer didn't make that scene. I don't, I don't know who he is. I'm very curious because... I really liked his movie presence as of late. Um, uh, I mean, he's only been in a couple of things, but uh, oh, t- movies and TV. Atlanta is fantastic, and uh, even just his brief glimpse in The Martian was good. So, I don't know. And you, you saw, of course, he is cast as uh, the young Lando Calrissian. Right, and, young Lando and Calrissian. And the hospital stand alone. So. Which I'm excited about as well. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what's happening in this movie. It's kind of the first time I don't fully know what we're dealing with yet, right? Like, are yeah, we, are we getting an origin story? Are we getting like a Ben, a Ben? I dying I imagine there'll be at least a flashback or like a dream sequence or something that sets that up. But I think that like introducing him in Civil War, if they go back and try to do an origin story, and then they're like six months later, and he's like meeting with Tony Stark, that's not gonna. You know, what I mean, like they really need to just go from the Avengers point. You know, what I mean, and just make that's it. Just. Everybody knows Spider-Man's origin. We don't need to see it again. You know, it's like Batman. I get it. His parents are dead. I didn't need to see it 40 times in Batman versus Superman. Yeah. So I'm hoping they, they don't... I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll reference it, and like I said, I'd imagine there'll be a flashback or something, but I hope there's no origin story. Yeah, we all know it. You're absolutely right. It's 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 like tried and true shit now. We all have it down. Even those who yeah. Even non-comic readers have seen it done in movies like seven times we're, we're all set and i gotta say like i thought uh, the andrew garfield one they did it so poorly that like that was like the part of the movie that i kept being like how do you fuck that up like it's the most simple story of all time spider-man could have stopped the guy does not stop him and in the andrew garfield one it's like basically for some reason his uncle ben like tries to disarm in a mugger for some reason instead of just being like a casual victim he like goes out of his way to basically be shot it's weird so i always i was like i hope they don't do it again and i i guess at this point i thought the garfield spider-mans were ludicrous they were not good and so i think i'm just kind of burned out on spider-man i am significantly less uh aggressive about that opinion than you are Oh, you're not burned out on Spider-Man? No, oh, you well, thought the standard, you thought no, the Garfield Spider-Man were good. A little bit of both. Uh, I never saw the second one because it looked like like many things. Uh, I'm good at predicting when a movie's going to be garbage. So um, I'm still standing by my statement. They were not good movies, and the second one is like a just a train wreck. No, I'm saying I didn't see the second one, but I saw the first one, and I was perfectly content. With it.
I don't know. I thought the Uncle Ben part was dumb. I thought the overall story was just... That's a different episode! Uh, Remember next week we'll be watching 30 Days of Night, a film I almost just forgot the title of again. (laughs) And That's how excited we are to watch it. You are too. Uh, We'll see you then with, you know, that thing that we do. Otherwise, swing by Facebook.com slash AOSpod. Leave comments, likes, tell your friends. Please, it's lonely out there. Check out the great images on the Facebook page. I've been doing more of it. I'm sorry, Mom.